But again, welcome, welcome back. Um, uh, so I hope everybody made out good throughout the ice storm. Um, you know, it was a, a, a touchy situation for the state of Texas. And that's another um, historical thing that we can uh, talk about. But what we're going to try to focus on and what I'm trying to bring forth, uh, as always, is an inclusion of uh, the black in- black experience in American history. So uh, last week, um, early March, March 2nd, no, that was this week, uh, no, last week, March 2nd, uh, was Texas Independence Day. Um, and when seeing that, um, it got me uh, really, really thinking. Well, let me back up a little bit. So I was uh, out eating uh, and I saw a, a older black woman uh, wearing a shirt uh, of the Battle of Gonzales uh, in, in the, the uh, war for Texas Independence. Uh, and if you don't know what the Battle of Gonzales was, it was probably the it was the opening battle of uh, the Texas Revolution, um, and the the flag said "Come and take it." Um, well, that's the flag that we see flying around, but it said "Come and take it," and it had a cannon on it, and it got me thinking um, a couple of things. Um, number one, I really want to um, almost ruin uh, <laughs> ruin the meal uh, or ruin that lady's meal. And, and walk up to her and, you know, and inform her, uh, you know, wearing a shirt like that is almost, um, you know, it's it's almost uh, wearing oppression. Um, I, I put a post uh, up on my Instagram page talking about uh, signs of oppression, things that, that are oppressive to uh, to black people, and especially in Texas. And, and people don't think about it because these are things that we celebrate. But... Um, the Battle of Texas Independence, the Alamo, things of that nature are oppressive uh, images for black people in Texas. Uh, and, and so leading into that, um, we're going to talk about the Texas Revolution and Southern enslavement and basically how uh, the Texas Revolution was basically a, a doorway or a, a key component into uh you know, slavery in Texas. Um, if we if we did not know, uh, everybody should know if you're from Texas. And I'm hopefully I'm reaching out to people that are not from Texas. But um, Texas used to belong to Mexico. Uh, Mexico, uh, well, to, to Spain. And then um, Mexico broke away from Spain. But, um, you know, Spain, Mexico was a, a, a world power at the time. They, they uh, controlled pretty much... Um, all of the southwest part of the United States. So we're talking about places like uh, Texas, New Mexico, um, California, uh, Nevada. They, they had major land holdings in the United States. Um, and, uh, and of course, this is before the United States um, moves all the way over there. But in the, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, movement, of people across the United States, um, the desire for land comes up. You know, it's the, the thing of uh, called westward expansion that most historians talk about, and we teach in class, um, and 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 manifest destiny, where uh, 
you know, uh, uh, the, the, the whites um, in, in the United States said it was their, their God-given, you know, God told them, God came to them and, and, you know, told them that they were from settled from coast to coast. So all the United States was eventually supposed to be theirs. But um, early on, um, Mexico was probably the biggest power. They were, they were a lot stronger um, than the United States at the time. Um, and so around the 1810 time, before the Louisiana Purchase, uh, Mexico was uh, going through its own uh, um, um, changes. Uh, and so this, this, this can touch on a couple of things. Because this can um, inform of, us, of, of some things that we celebrate falsely. Um, but <clears throat> so Mexico 1810 is, is, is very large um, and they gained their independence from Spain. Um, and so now Mexico is, is its own sovereign nation within the borders uh, of North America. Um, and so, uh, of course, uh, Mexico has um, presidents. They were a democratic country. Uh, well before many people give them credit for. But one of the presidents I wanna uh, highlight is um, a gentleman named Vicente Guerrero. Um, there are conflicting, um, conflicting stories about his ethnicity, but most times it is celebrated as Vicente Guerrero being of Mexican and black descent. Um, and the highlight of Vicente Guerrero's uh, presidency, he um, abolished slavery, completely abolished slavery. Um, in Mexico. So he was actually uh, the second person to grant um, emancipation to slaves um, in the North American continent. Uh, the first person was a gentleman named Lord Dunmore during the American Revolution. He didn't grant freedom to all slaves. He granted freedom, he granted freedom to slaves who were uh, slaves of patriots, of rebels. Um, but yet and still, he was the first emancipation that we see uh, in North America. Um, then we have Vicente Guerrero, um, uh, and, and he, he granted uh, slaves their freedom um, September 16, 1829. Um, slavery had, the slave trade had already been abolished by the Spanish um, in about 1818. There was no more trading of slaves. Um, and, and this is uh, probably on the piggyback of what was going on in England, because in about 1807, England um, abolished the slave trade. Now, that's not to say there was not slavery in these places still, but when we say the slave trade, then we think about the transatlantic slave trade or the, the selling and purchasing of slaves. Um, but Vicente Guerrero, uh, abolishes slavery in Mexico. And at the time when he did abolish slavery at 1829, it really wasn't that much slavery in Mexico. Slavery wasn't a big thing in Mexico. Uh, but a part of Mexico that it did affect was a place called Caula y Tejas, of course, which is um, Texas. And the reason that um, it affected that part is because we see white immigration coming into uh, Texas in about the 1820s and the 1830s. Of course, um, we all hear the story, we know the story of the, the, the famous name of Austin. Um, it first starts off with Moses Austin, father of Stephen F. Austin. He gains permission from Mexico for white immigration into, uh, into Caula y Tejas. 
Um, and so he gains permission. Um, he is what is called the, one of the first impresarios. Um, and these are people that uh, got land grants from Texas and permission to bring people in. Uh, he got ill, he passed away. So um, against his own wishes, his son, Stephen F. Austin, picks up um, where his father uh, leaves off. And uh, Stephen F. Austin is credited with bringing in the first 300 families into Texas, um, uh, people who they call the uh, old 300. Um, and I think they were settled somewhere down in the Richmond Rosenberg area. Um, uh, so um, the old 300 come in, they come in as families. Um, and of course, most people that are coming in um, are people who are here for the, the vast land, um, able to, to start uh, farms and, and, and a, uh, agricultural businesses. And of course, slavery. Um, many of these 300 families had slaves with them that uh, you know most white immigrants did at the time. So um, not only did you bring in uh, 300 uh, white immigrants, then most of these people came in with slaves. Now. To talk about the enslavement of black people, again, I'll, I'll repeat it and you'll hear me reiterate it several times if you listen to one of my talks. Um, not everyone had slaves. Not every white person had slaves. Slavery was really a rich man thing, rich man's um, game. And so even when we get down to talking about the Civil War, we'll see um, that was a rich man's war. It wasn't the war for the common people. The common people were were fooled into fighting that war for the rich man, um, but it was really a rich man's war. Just like the American Revolution, that was really a, a rich man's war. Um, all wars that are that are fought in American history and in uh, uh, American society are rich man's wars. They're they're not about um, the principles that these people say these wars are about, but they're about they're really about financial um, financial gains, uh, and so. We look at the Texas Revolution and we look at the people that come in. Um, and so, of course, we have our heroes that, that we always talk about. We have the Stephen F. Austins and the Sam Houstons and the, and the Jim Bowies and the, and the Davy Crockett's. Um, and, and we talk about these gentlemen, but we don't talk about um, we don't talk about slavery when it comes to these people. Um, and so Stephen F. Austin uh, he was a guy that they say that was that, that was torn between the issue of slavery. Um, morally, he believed slavery was wrong, which uh, you know I will say that a lot of people, as 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 we study, you know, um, if you listen to my um, Abraham Lincoln um, podcast a couple of weeks back, Abraham Lincoln said it was morally wrong to hold slaves, but he just didn't think that uh, black people fit in the grand scheme of, of, of American society and so they should um, be off on their own. They shouldn't intermingle with white people. Um, Stephen F. Austin was kind of the same way. He believed um, slavery was morally wrong, but um, it was a way of life. Um, he owned slaves, his family owned slaves, not many because, um, you know, they, uh, Stephen F. Austin went off to try to practice law and things of that nature. Um, and he's up from that uh, Virginia area. Um, and so we can go back and always, uh, you know, make comments about the Virginia dynasty of, of, of founding fathers and, and, and you know, the, the enslavement of black people. But um, Stephen F. Austin, um, 
known as the father of Texas, and it's, and it's come up. I read an article, um, and it's, it, it came up a, a, a little while ago that, um, you know, they want to do away. Uh, they want to change the name of Austin, you know, um, because of his, his uh, defense of slavery. So um, Stephen F. Austin brings people in. He defends slavery. Um, and then we look at, uh, you know, Jim Bowie. Jim Bowie um, was a militia leader uh, at the Alamo, the Battle of the Alamo. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, he was a rough and rugged guy. Jim Bowie really, um, you know, Jim Bowie really didn't get to uh, stand and fight during the Texas Revolution because he was, uh, he was suffering from uh, tuberculosis from some injuries from a, a scuffle that he got into um, with, a, with a gentleman. Um, but Jim Bowie um, was not a great guy either. Um, and I'm not trying to paint a picture to where all these people were bad, but I'm painting a picture to whereas, you know, we, we, we can't um, have a rosy lens over everything. We have to tell the truth and, and see it from everybody's perspective. Um, and, and that's my main purpose of doing these podcasts. Uh, but Jim Bowie um, was a slave smuggler and a land swindler. Uh, and up until he came into Texas, uh, that was what he was known for. That was that and his huge knife um, that still is around. But uh, Jim Bowie and his cousins and, and, and some of his family members made a living off of, of the smuggling of, of and trading of slaves because um, the transatlantic slave trade was over, but in the United States, trading and selling slaves and, and, and things of that nature was still going on. You know, we won't see the emancipation of slavery by the United States for about uh, maybe another 30, 40 years as, as we're talking about this Texas Revolution. Uh, the Texas Revolution happens in 1836. Um, so slavery, well, it, it, it's about, yeah, it's about 30 years almost because slavery isn't uh, abolished until um, 1865. Okay, um, so it's about it's about 35 years um, we'll see slavery actually abolished in the United States. But um, so with the Texas Revolution, when we talk about Texas Revolution, um, you know, we're, 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 we're taught that, uh, you know, there were a couple of reasons that um, there were a couple of things that the, that the white people, the white immigrants had to do when they came into Mexico. They had to uh, pledge allegiance to Mexico. They had to, and to the Mexican government. Um, they had to uh, learn how to speak Spanish. Um, they had to convert to Catholicism, um, and that was fine. Um, but as time went by, um, you know, it was about from a, a, a a 16 year period from about 1820 to like 1836, maybe like 1835. Um, as time went by, uh, the, the Mexican government uh, got a little nervous because um, it was an influx of, of whites coming into Cajula uh, 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 y Tejas. And it was an influx of them. They were coming in, in, in large numbers. And in these large numbers, they were bringing slaves with them. Um, and so, uh, to slow this, to slow this down, to slow in the influx of, of, of whites and, and 
the influx uh, uh, of, of people um, and in and, and fear of losing Kahula uh, Itehas, what they did, they, they, um, they banned immigration um, and then they banned slavery uh, because, you know, to, to, to the, the Mexicans, slaves were people, okay? So you, you bringing in, you know, your family, then you bringing in 20, 30 slaves at a time, maybe even five or 10. Um, and so um, the Mexican government banned slavery, uh, you know, banned the, the white immigrants from bringing slaves in. And so this is really where the main issue started, where the main problem started. Um, the, 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 the white Texans, the Texians, as they, they, they call, uh, call them, they had no problem with, uh, you know, converting to Catholicism. They had not many problems converting to Catholicism. They didn't have many problems uh, pledging allegiance to the Mexican government. They didn't have uh, problems learning how to speak Spanish. Their biggest problem was losing their slaves because, you know, this was their way of life. They were coming to this new luscious land, this this big area, um, and, and who else was going to work this land for them, you know? Um, and so um, they decided to fight back. And so, uh, you know, Stephen F. Austin delivers a letter to uh, uh, Santa Ana, um, Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. Um, he delivers a letter to him down in Mexico, and on his way back from Mexico, he's put in jail. Um, and so the Texas Revolution starts. And so there's this fighting and, this, and, this, and these scuffles going on, um, you know, the Battle of Gonzales, the Battle of Alamo, the Battle of San Jacinto. Um, and so uh, the, 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 the whole time, you know, we, we've always been taught um, that the romantic ideal of the Texas uh, battle for independence, but um, it, it is it is a, a first of all it is a, an 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 oppressive story um, because um, you know slavery was a big thing to these people and um, they were willing to to fight for it to die for it and, and to kill for it. Um, we look at the numbers um, about um, in 1836 when the Texas Revolution started. It was about 5,000 slaves um, in, 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 in Texas. And so, um, which might not look like a lot, uh, but um, still, um, you know, they, they, the, the Battle of Texas Independence um, is, is, is really the kickstart to one of the largest um, economics, slavery uh, economies um, in the South. Uh, Texas is, is has, will, has always been key to the South. Once the South, um, you know, kicked up, when we look at the uh, the Civil War, um, Texas was one of the last states to hold out, um, and uh, you know, Texas Texas was important to the Confederacy. Texas is important to the to the to the South, um, and so they really, really springboard this, this thing of slavery in the South. Yes, there were already slaves in the South, you know, Louisiana, uh, no, we didn't, yeah, Louisiana, um, Alabama, Arkansas, um, you know, we got all this land from the Louisiana Purchase in 1812. So the country is growing, um, slavery is growing. Um, and so in 1836, uh, the Texans, they, they, they fight back and they, they fight for control of the land. <clears throat> and so, um, 
we don't see a, a, a lot of stories. Um, we don't see stories of many blacks participating in this fight. Um, you know, we, we, we look at places like the American Revolution. Uh, we look at um, uh, we look at the American Revolution. We look at the French and Indian War. We look at the War of 1812, and there's large numbers of black participation. Uh, but in the uh, the uh, Texas Revolution, uh, the, these enslaved people uh, were trying to 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 flee. You know, they were right there by Mexico. Um, and that was a place that they can go. They knew Mexico had outlawed slavery. You know, many people uh, had ran away to Mexico before. You know, we, we, uh, when we hear the stories and we talk about uh, Harriet Tubman, uh, Harriet Tubman didn't just, you know, take a flight up north. That's always what they tell. Sometimes she took a flight down south um, and, and took people to Mexico. It was a little bit more treacherous. Um, yeah, it was far going up north, but going down south, uh, you know, it was, you know, you could get caught a little quicker. Um, but um, the Battle of Texas, uh, independence rages on, uh, and, and there are stories that there were about, maybe about three or four slaves at the Battle of the Alamo. Um, of course, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Bowie had a, a, uh, had slaves there, um, a slave named Joe, uh, and, uh, you know, after Jim Bowie was killed, uh, Joe went into hiding, um, and, and, uh, the Mexican soldiers, after they overrun the Alamo, um, you know, Joe was taken, uh, but Joe was given his freedom, and so, um, of course, uh, the Alamo, was kind of a turning point for the revolution. Uh, what it really was, it was a turning point for the, the, the whites. Um, so um, the Battle of San Jacinto ensues, uh, and of course, uh, Mexico loses, um, and this puts Mexico in a, a, a turmoil state. Um, but the, 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 the loss of this battle was very key to after that, there's an influx of, 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 of enslaved people being brought in. Um, about 10 to 12 years later, um, for during the uh, annexation of Texas, when Texas annexes into the United States, we go from 5,000 slaves to 30,000 slaves. Um, and so that's, a, Jesus Christ, that's, that's a real big number. Um, uh, you know, you might not think about it. Um, that's 25,000 enslaved people that came in. And then so, we see uh, by the time of the uh, Civil War jumping off about, um, and I'm gonna tell you the percentages first before I tell you the total number. So over 30% of the total population of Texas in 1860 was enslaved people. The number, 182,566. Um, and so um, slavery, uh, Enslavement in Texas and enslavement in the South, uh, in many people's eyes and minds, was really kicked off and, and, and exploded in the South uh, after the Texas Revolution. Um, and so we, we just always um, have to look at a couple of things and make sure we understand that um, what may be taught as a romantic uh, issues and images to others is is oppressive to to people um 
you know, and, and if you and if you look around, uh, you you see um, you see the ramifications um, of the Texas Revolution. You see the ramifications of enslavement in Texas. Uh, uh, you know, you see the, the lineage of, of, of black people in Texas, that many of us are here from uh, our ancestors being enslaved. And, 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 and for some of us, it really is not, you know, you're not going to say ancestors because, uh, you know, my grandparents were born in, into slavery. So um, even though they're not from Texas, they're from Mississippi. But, um, you know, the, the slavery isn't that, that far. Um, enslavement isn't that far and, and, and that foreign. So, you know, uh, the Texas Revolution, um, and, and let me just say, I love my state. I love Texas. I love going to San Antonio. It's just the river walk is beautiful. Um, the, the history nerd in me has always been excited about going to the Alamo. But then when I, you know, I start sitting back and, and, and thinking and doing research, you know, I, and these are things that I, I already knew, you know, I'm, I'm teaching kids in class and stuff, but I never stopped and really questioned it. And I never looked at it differently. Um, and, and there's a huge uh, black population uh, in San Antonio from direct, d- direct lineage or direct uh, ramifications of 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 um, the the text the battle for Texas independence, so um, you know uh, it, it, it's a lot to unpack, a lot to go over, uh, and so um, I just want to make sure um, we we stop and look at these things um, when you know remember the Alamo um, and and again like I said what really got me thinking about this was that lady's T-shirt. It was an older black lady with this T-shirt on. I just don't. I don't think we look at things through the kind of lens, and and, and of course, you know, we're not trying to. I'm not trying to be a separatist, and I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to to make things, uh, you know, make things sad. But you know, a truth has to be told. So um, that's it for the the Texas Revolution. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for joining in. Um, pretty soon, I will be uh, reviewing a textbook for you guys. So, um, a friend of mine, uh, Elvante Patton, Elvante Patton, said his name so proper, proper um, introduced me, showed me a, a textbook called Black History 365, uh, and it's and, and it's and it's it's hopefully it'll be the textbook for the uh, African American Studies class in in ninth through twelfth grade that's been approved in in Texas uh, and it's an elective class but the book um, you know he was telling me about the book and and you know I, I, I needed one for myself so I ordered the book um, and so I'll be dissecting the book for you guys I'll be giving the book a review um, I'll be uh, you know hoping to share some things about it with you guys um, uh, the book the book should be here in a day, it should be here tomorrow because I got the ebook, so I, I'll dissect it and look through it. So um, next week, um, that'll probably be my 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 show, the dissection of that book. If you guys want to join along, uh, that's cool. Uh, but um, 
as always, I like to give a shout out to everybody. Thank you for joining me. Um, I like to thank all you know the people that support. Um, even if you ain't catch this live, uh, it'll be up. Um, and remember, uh, this is the home from now on of, of, of all my live videos. And of course, there's a podcast that you guys can check um, on Anchor. Uh, and Anchor puts it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a couple of other websites. Um, I was surprised it put it out on so many things. And I was surprised by so many people that listen to me run my mouth. Uh, I appreciate it, um, and, and again, I hope all you guys made it out good throughout the storm. Uh, again, thanks for joining the Not Your Mother's uh, Historian, the podcast presented by yours truly, Don Caleb, the Bowtie Historian. Um, shout out to all the small black businesses. Um, shout out to all the large black businesses. Shout out to all the black businesses. Um, that's out there that's trying to get a piece of this uh, economy that we help build and create. Our ancestors built and created this economy. You can't, you can't help me make me believe anything else. But shout out to you all. Um, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. And I hope you guys have a productive rest of your week.